Welcome to season two of the Age Sister podcast. This season, we're talking all about women at work. So let's get started with today's expert. Hey, everyone. Today, I'm welcoming Cheryl Cooper to the show. Cheryl is an amazing IT person. Cheryl has 20 years of corporate IT consulting. She's a speaker. She's a trainer. She's a coach. And nowadays, she empowers and equips and educates women to utilize their skill sets and experiences to create transformational online businesses, websites, digital courses, coaching, and membership programs to share with the world. So welcome, Cheryl. Thank you, Kate. I'm so excited to be here with you on Age Sisters because you know there's so much that you and I can talk about surrounding this, whether it's from corporate or from a personal experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me about your corporate journey. How did you get to the place that you are today? I'm super interested to hear, you know, your background and how you came here. So it's really quite interesting. I would be what you'd call a late bloomer into the industry that I now serve in, and that is IT consulting or um, management consulting. But a long story short, um, undergrad accounting, master's in business, then ended up moving into the IT world by way of going to work for IBM and Deloitte & Touche. And by the time I got to Deloitte and Touche, I was already almost into my 40s. And, you know, most people come into uh, big six, big five, big four, whatever the number is now in your early 20s. So um, it was a, it was a pretty interesting journey coming into consulting, but I love doing the work. Mm. And um, now I currently work for one of the larger IT consulting firms, Wipro Limited International. We're in a trans- transformation stage as far as naming, but it's just been, a, you know, through education and experience, I ended up in this IT consulting world. So tell me what that was like to land there in your 40s. <laughs> As you can tell, you don't know my age exactly, but I'm a pretty youthful person, right? So when I walked into that experience, I was bubbly, excited, and ready for adventure because going into management consulting at that time was super exciting. Um, SOX was coming about. There were a whirlwind of system implementations going on and they were worldwide. So it allowed me the opportunity to go and travel the world. And here in Atlanta, I got to work with some amazing people. We were part of the management solutions team. So it was different than working with the regular audit functions inside of a Deloitte. Um, But it was exciting. It was super exciting for me because it gave me an opportunity to do something that I had always dreamed about doing and that was to travel the world. So one of the things that's really interesting to me um, is just, you know, this idea of women in midlife just sort of at the pinnacle of their career, right? And um, just some of the issues that might be going on in the background that employers aren't entirely aware of in that employee group. Can you talk to that a little bit for me? So we can talk from the diversity and inclusion side, or we can talk from the health side. So I'll talk from both. Okay. Right? 
from the diversity and inclusion, you know, a lot more of the leadership teams are starting to be the younger set of, um, I'm going to just say it flat out, you know how I am, I'm very direct, uh, white males. Mm -hmm. So you're on these teams, or actually, or Indian males Mm -hmm. in my field, right? And they come in with ego and some without ego. The ones which you are faced with or I have faced with ego has been a really cha- a really challenging experience, mm-hmm. right? Because they're just not educated in a leadership process mm-hmm. and understand how to be true leaders. They're educated in book smart, but maybe not have had the experience of running um, teams that are a diverse set of people. So that's one of the challenges and being an older person, a bit more wise, you know, one that wants to share my experiences and share my knowledge. Often it gets crunched, you know, it'll get kind of pushed down because they want to exercise their title in the role that they're in versus just being um, great leaders. You know, I, I, the way that I articulate a great leader is a leader that has compassion, who understands their team, who understands that they are bringing up a team behind them to take their place, and that allows for great and open communication. And, um, you know, even yesterday, I took a, a training at Wipro. We're going through a huge transformation, and the training was all about assertiveness. And it was not what I anticipated to understand as assertive. So it was really cool to get a new understanding of what assertive is. And one of the things that they brought up was to understand when you get into one of these new roles or new projects that we get assigned to, assertiveness is good. It's not bad, right? So often when we're told as women to be assertive, we always think of it as in a negative connotation. This one was all about set expectations, make sure that you communicate early, ask the questions in respectful ways so that you're clear about what you are anticipating you're going to do. And then for your leaders to also communicate with you. So I don't know if I just answered your question, but it's, 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 a, it's, it's really cool, like being part of the transformation that's taken part in the world today mm. is presenting us with amazing opportunities, amazing um, ways to look at the workplace differently as a result of the fourth industrial revolution, as a result of the gig economy, as a result of the transformation caused by COVID or the pandemic. People are starting to become more um, open in the way that they leave and a little more, a little more compassionate. But prior to this, it was a, uh, I was almost cussed. It was a very complicated, very complicated world for me. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. Tell me about the health piece. Um, I'm super interested in that as well. So that gets to be a little bit funny, right? Especially living here in Atlanta. When you first hit your perimenopausal or menopausal stages, you're not even sure what's happening to you, right? Mom probably hasn't told you enough about the details. She just showed that she was sweating in the 
in the house or whatever, but she didn't tell you about, well, when you're sitting in a meeting in corporate America, you know, you're going to start sweating and you're not going to be able to do anything. You might get nervous. And because you're in menopause, you're going to sweat even more. And being in the industry that I'm in, I might be in a room full of all men, varied ages who might not even understand what's happening. They may think I'm getting sick or something. So we always had to make jokes about it. But it's really an uncomfortable situation. And I think that while I made jokes about it, I also tried to make it clear that this is a normal experience. And often I will pick up something and fan, you know, but when it first kicked in for me, it actually pushed me into trying to make a decision between do I go on hormones or do I not go on hormones because I want to be able to function properly in the workplace. And if I was not going to sleep properly at night, if I couldn't eat certain foods that were um, in public that would make me sweat, then I needed to make some kind of decision for myself that was going to be the best decision for me, my mental health, and my overall quality of life. Mm-hmm. So I chose to go on hormones. Not everybody is going to do that, right? So you have to figure out how to sweat through the experience, experience your hot flashes. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, or your mood swings. What do you think the acceptance level is in the workplace of women going through that transition? Do you think that people are willing to talk about it, that they're open to it? Did you feel supported during that time? Um, I think that that may, no, let me just answer the question. No, I don't. I would like to dance around it. I think that people try and be as kind as they can, but more often than not, there's jokes that are made about it. And that can either make you feel super uncomfortable or just slightly uncomfortable, all depending on your personality type. Right. Why do you think that there's such a denial of this thing that's happening to, you know, over a billion women worldwide right now? A billion, Kate? A billion. A billion. With a B, yeah. One billion. I think that what's happening is there's a lack of education around the medical field and identifying and communicating menopause and menopause symptoms in the world right? Mm-hmm. On television, you don't see that. You see erectile dif- dysfunction, but you don't see a whole lot of anything about how to handle menopausal things. You see in um, corporate America, men going through or mid uh, midlife crisis, right? They talk about it from a male perspective, but it's rarely talked about in any place about a woman going through a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. So I think that the biggest issue is there is a lack of education and exposure around it, except for in the homes, like families know that it's happening, but then there's embarrassment, uncomfortableness. um, I can't think of the right words to say it, but you just feel awful about bringing it up in the workplace. So you kind of suffer through it. And really it's something that we need to have the conversation around so that people can get on the level playing field and understanding of what we are experiencing and how we can collaborate and deal with it together. Absolutely. 
A billion, Kate? Yep, with a B. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about some other things that might be going on personally at this time of life that also impact that whole transition and that time in the workplace when, again, most people are really kind of at the top of their game. So for us, you know, uh, from the from the physical side of things, our bodies are going through a huge transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting sedentary on a daily basis through eight hours of meetings, stress, stressful back to back to back to back meetings, not getting a chance to eat properly because we can't get up from being in front of our cameras now, right? It used to be we could walk down the hall and go to the cafeteria and have a conversation there. Um, there's a very sedentary lifestyle going on for us, and that is compounded on top of us going through midlife crisis or menopause. So um, I think that's a bigger bigger issue and understanding our eating and the, you know, you and I talked about this the other day, our, our bellies are getting freaking out of control, our gut mm. and understanding that some of the things that we're experiencing are part of a midlife crisis, such as food intolerances. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so if you had a wish list or employers, just how they could, you know, respond to women at this time of life. What would you, what would you want to see happen? You know, that's a really good question because I'm a daydreamer. So I would really love a visionary. I would call it. I would really love to see. You know how we have the. Um, LBGTQ groups or the African-American BRGs, that's what they call business resource groups. Mm-hmm. I think there should be one for women in menopause and then bring in some educational um, resources so that we understand how to deal with it as well as educate the other people that are surrounding us so that they can understand the things that we're going through so that they can um balance the understanding on the team. You know, we talk about diversity and inclusion. This is a diversity subject. Mm. It really is. Because there's knowledge to be shared there. Sorry, the sun just went down. Um, There's knowledge to be shared there. And if everybody understood, just like we do disc analysis, and we understand your disc personality versus mine, and then we team people up appropriately, if we could do that through education in a BRG um, business resource group, I think that would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, just education, education, and communication are really key. Anything else you think that we need to know before we wrap up today? Girl, don't give up. Whatever <laughs> you do, don't give up. Go. You know, for here in the United States, we are giving a single provider, right? We're giving our mm. our um, primary care physician. They don't always know what's needed for us going through these transitions. Even when we go to our gynecologist, our gynecologists are primarily there to help us get through the reproductive stages of life, 
they may not specialize in menopause. So if you're going through menopause or perimenopause, go see the right type of doctor. Talk to Kate. She can give you some more information about that. Right. Well, it was so great to talk to you today, Cheryl. And thank you so much for coming on the Age Sister podcast. Thank we'll you, We'll see you Kate. soon. I, you know I enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for listening to the Age Sister podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the episode on your favorite podcast app. We'll also be posting the show notes and any other important information at www.cardeahealthconsulting.com.